Galaxy News Radio. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to another installment of the Dylan Showboat Podcast with your favorite host, Jeffrey. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this one especially. Sorry, I'm a little bit out of breath. <laughs> I had to run all the way to the studio. But besides that, it's been quite a long while, and your weekly installment is going to be fairly interesting today, folks. And instead of being a continuation of the first episode, it is going to be very different. Very interesting. Because today, we're going to be talking about something very interesting. The installation of 3D games. And now they revolutionized the world as we know it, my friends and family of all nations. So, without further ado, we shall now continue with the Dylan Rose Showboat Podcast. Tuning in to Galaxy News Radio. Tuning in to 97.1 FM at your local radio news station. Now, without any further interruptions, please enjoy this next section. Good day. Another lovely installation of my lovely Shadow podcast. Alright, let's see here. Get the mood lighting. Get set down. Alright. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to yet another installment of the Dylan Rose Show Abode podcast. It is I, your lovely host, yet again. Mr. Rowe, Dylan Rowe, will work as well, and I will say that I am rather glad to see you all here yet again. (laughs) It certainly is a very wonderful thing that you're here. (laughs) I was getting rather bored, you see. It's been pretty much a week since I last did my episode, and, well, I just wanted to do another one. It didn't feel right, leaving it on a cliffhanger. The, The thing about retro games and... I was about to go into handhelds, and I was just running out of time, so I do deeply apologize for that, and it will hopefully never happen again. <laughs> it, hopefully. Anyway. <laughs> Without further ado, let us begin, shall we not? Alright, let's see, where did we pick up before we left off? Oh yes! We were talking about handhelds and how they pretty much exist within our lovely little scope. Alright, handhelds, let's see. Ah yes, the Game Boy. Yes, that little fucking handheld that somehow outlasted the Lynx, the Genesis, everything. It survived for over 20 goddamn years. I mean, oh sorry, I'm trying to open up a package of crackers. So I can sustain myself while talking. I'm going to eat these during the advertisement break. So don't worry. I'll eat these later. So. Let's talk about that. Handheld devices. Having a game with you on the go. But before the 1990s. This this wasn't really a concept. I mean. Imagine it. 
a handheld Nintendo Entertainment System that had the power of an NES, yet was easily hand-holdable with really little to no restrictions on color, controls, graphics. It was simply unheard of, simply barbaric to even think that. But over time, Nintendo proved us wrong, and that all started with, of course, the Game Boy. Now, the Game Boy is something I don't really understand, at least in a civil construct. The Game Boy, or what's well, been called something else, I believe it was like the Famicom Boy or something along those lines. The Game Boy was essentially going to be just that, a handheld mini NES that many could take with them at all times. Similar to, say, a PS Vita to carry around like a PS1 and 2, but as a handheld, or something equivalent to that power. Alright. Sorry, I had to drink some water there as well. So let's, let's just think about that for a minute. Imagine that. Imagine being a child in that era, wanting to play your Super Mario Brothers on an NES, but you can't carry an NES, right? You... You have to, you can't carry a whole TV with you, that would just make no sense. So, you do the next best thing. You ask your father for a Game Boy, he takes you with a little hesitation because he knows you already have a Nintendo, as they say. Like how you already have a PlayStation, why do you need another PlayStation in our time, with the PS5? But back then, it was like that with the Nintendo Entertainment System and the Game Boy. So, with hesitation, your father would drive you to the nearest mart that sold Game Boys. You'd give them all your allowance money, buy two fresh games, Mortal Kombat and Super Mario Brothers, on it. And then, you'd thank the lovely man that sold you the Game Boy. Get the light, that famous Pip-Boy looking light on the Game Boy. And you would be set for life, as they say. Also, sorry if I'm a little lax or I take pauses. I'm trying out something new, something different, being a little lax on my accent. Um, I'm not sure you all enjoy it too much. It may sound too eloquent for you, I suppose. So I shall try to tune it down and talk a bit more normally so that, you know, it doesn't seem too off-putting. But I will put on my accent if you all want me to keep it, of course. But I digress. So, the Nintendo Entertainment System, what really was it? Why did it have such a big legacy, and why did it create the Game Boy? This is my normal accent, right? My normal accent is that one, but I'm, I'm, I'm willing to change accents for you guys. So basically what happened is they took that Game Boy, they just took the power of it, and they somehow shrunk it down into literally like a foot big, like half a foot tall Game Boy. That's amazing, six inch Game Boy. And then it got even better with the Game Boy Color. Now it wasn't black and green. Now it was actual colors. Like black and white. And then there was like, you know, black and white, red and yellow. Now there was actual colors on the sprites. A good example of this would be the Pokemon games. Especially with Pokemon Red. For both the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color. Which, color, by the way. A video game that was handheld... And it had fucking color? You're telling me that the motherfucker had color? It did. And it was really good, too. 
It was very good. However, it still suffered from that Game Boy light, so you still need a little fucking um, game light or whatever. But hey, it worked. It definitely worked. I gotta eat more cra- one cracker. Just one, guys. And then I'll eat them at the rest of the adverts. Which, by the way, we're sponsored by Sugar Bomb Incorporated. And we're sponsored by Cream Cola Incorporated. So, don't worry, guys. Um, I'll tell you when it's gonna happen. Just be aware of that. Ah, that's a good cracker. Salted crackers, man, they're good. Um, especially with that uh, chive cheese. Oh, it's so good. The onion chive cheese. All right, enough. We need to get serious because it's the second installation. <laughs> okay, so now moving on from the Game Boys for a second. Let's think about the offshoot competition, right? The Atari Lynx, the the Sega handheld that was literally a fucking two ton brick. It felt like because you couldn't grab onto the thing. Even bigger installations like the Ultra Boy, which was literally like a fucking Power Ranger. Right? If you don't know what I'm talking about, you haven't watched the Angry Video Game Nerd on Game Boy Accessories. That fucking thing was a monster, alright? Now, to to further understand this, we need to first understand, of course, the implications of what I'm talking about. Specifically within the elitist community, because obviously over time, you know, it just didn't work out. You know, people were thinking, no way, this doesn't make any sense. But, dude, they were getting, they got, like, a hundred million dollars from the fucking Game Boy line alone. Like, it was insanity. Like, seriously. One second, you would have, like, the new fucking, like, Pong game. And then, on the same system, you'd have, like, fucking Super Mario Brothers 3. And Kohler. On a fucking Game Boy. A Game Boy Color. Fucking insane, I tell you what. Right? But then, oh boys, something happened. Something revolutionary happened. Something happened, but not a lot of people give Nintendo for, right? The creation of the Nintendo 64 in 1997. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. I do. You're like, why'd you, why'd you dodge the Virtual Boy? We don't, we don't, we don't talk about that fucking thing, okay? We, we, that thing is from a fucking spawn of hell. We do not fucking talk about that. And if you talk about that, I will find you. Come into your house, take your mother on a nice date, and never call her back. Take your sister on a nice date and never call her back, and then kill your dog. We don't talk about that fucking system. You, so you shut mouth, you're up. Shut mouth, you're up. You fucking got me. All right, sorry. I, I, I think we need to roll an, an advertisement to, to calm me down. Je- Jesus Christ, I, I need to calm down. All right, uh, roll, roll, roll the fucking segment, Galaxy News Radio. Just, just roll it. I, I need to calm down. Oh, I gotta talk about that next up. Hey you, yes you, you, the fellow with the overcoat, shirt, and tie. Do you feel down? Do you feel as if normal soda isn't really doing it for you? Is your wife very disappointed in the fact that you cannot do great in the bed? Are your children perhaps lacking that energy boost that they need to get through their studies and do good in college? Or maybe are you feeling just a little bit peckish for something very delicious? Well, look no further, average working male of the 1960s. Do I have a product for you? Introducing... Cream Cola! 
I'll only explain to you ladies and gents what that is. Cream cola is a lot like Nuka Cola, but instead of having so many of those sugars and preservatives and nuclear material, it is completely free of all those types of sugars. A sugar-free substitute with a delicious vanilla citrus finish to make you feel amazing. It's refreshing, it's cold, it's bubbly, and most importantly, it looks a lot like water. So you can store it in your furnace and no one will be the wiser. Not to mention the price. Only 99 cents for a bottle? My word! So what else are you waiting for, my lovely friends, families, children of all ages alike? Please purchase your newest thing of cream cola, now coming in orange popsicle flavor and orange sickle ultra flavor, alongside the original citrus flavor. Cream cola. For when you want a nuka cola, but none of the downsides. This product was paid for by the advertisement station of Galaxy News or anything about that. We are not responsible for any health equipment or injuries. Please contact the local physician if you are experiencing radiation, sickness, or death. We are not responsible for the liability or responsibility of death or injury. Please contact your local information for further more info. Okay, uh, I think I'm calm now. Sorry about that, guys. I just. I, I was yelling, by the way. I had a. Uh, at the virtual boy. Oh, I gotta cover that. Oh, I gotta cover that dumpster fire. Oh, why? Okay, fuck it. I guess I have no other choice. Alright. Here we go. You sick, sadistic fucks probably didn't want it. And for those that do, fuck you. Straight up fuck you. Alright, let's talk about it, I guess. Fuck my life. Okay. So, this was after, I think this was in like January 2001, right? It was mentioned in 1999 on like a, you know, the the Nintendo Power, right? It was originally going to be called like the Nintendo 3D or something like that before they changed it to the Virtual Boy, right? The Virtual 3D or whatever. Then they changed it to the Virtual Boy for obvious fucking reasons. So, basically, the concept was this, right? You took... A, like, red-black screen, right? And you did optical shit with the eyes and shit. And what you would do is you would reflect that into the game. So you could practically see in 3D. Not virtual reality, but in 3D games, right? It was basically a concept where, like, oh, you could be with Link, right? You felt like you were playing fucking the game, right? Simple shit like that. So... What ended up happening, instead of being that fucking amazing product, we're like, oh shit, I'm with, like, Zelda, and we're making out, and she's my fucking waifu back then. That, that was your fucking crush, let's be real here, Zelda, and Zero Suit Samus, dummy thick. Especially Zero Suit Samus, holy shit. Point is, right? Point is, it was not that at all. It was a buggy, glitch-filled, nauseating, awful pile of fucking shit. But I only ever had 20 games made for it. Not even kidding. Only 20 games. I wonder why. God, it gets me so mad just fucking thinking about it. Like, just thinking about that fucking title makes me just want to go to the nearest village in Pakistan, fucking grab one of their, like, offshoot, off-brand gullies or whatever, and just start shooting the people that made the fucking thing back in 1980. 1999, sorry, and then fully made it in 2001, you know? 
Two years before my birthday, by the way, that's fucked up. That's kind of fucked up, man. Same year as my birthday, too, so that's really fucked up. Right? Probably no one likes fucking New Year's baby so much because of that. Because it also brought the virtual boy. <laughs> well, like the virtual piece of shit, <laughs> as AVGen would say. Okay, so what was so interesting about it? What did it do right, and what did it do wrong? Well, I actually had one of these, and I actually played it. And let me tell you, when you're a child, the first 10 seconds are like, you know, you feel like you're in virtual reality, right? You feel like, oh, dude, I'm Yoshi hitting this ball. I'm fighting Mario. This shit kind of cool, fam, not gonna lie. And then, at 11 seconds... You want to fucking kill yourself. Because the problem, right? The problem with the Virtual Boy was a lot of things, obviously, because it fucking flopped. But there were three major problems that really endangered the healths and lives of children and men alike. Starting with the first one, of course, being it was red and black flashing lights. You know. Two completely different fucking color patterns and color schemes and shit. Yeah, that's not gonna that's not gonna fuck with your ocular pattern at all. No, that's not gonna give you seizures up the ass. No, that's not gonna fucking disorientate you and make you think the world's spinning for five seconds. Nah, no, no, that that could be the written up. Get the fuck out of here. And a lot of people have always said, like, Oh, well, maybe this is you, right? Or maybe, like, you know, baby, baby. No, you're a fucking idiot. Because at the end of the day, ladies, gentlemen, children of all ages, boys and girls, it wasn't fun. It's not fun. It's fucked is what it is, man. Know what I'm saying? Like, bro. It's not true, my guy. Now, obviously, the second thing that they got wrong was just the games in general, right? You didn't feel like Legend of Zelda. You didn't feel like you were Mario. They were kind of meh games, right? Like, it just didn't sit well, obviously. It didn't create this sort of connection, I suppose you could say, that you had with the characters, right? That you didn't feel... Like, you know, you were them. You didn't feel like you were there. You just didn't feel, right? And I think that's what a lot of people kind of fail to realize is that it's just it's just no more, right? And it sucks because it's a, it was a very good idea and a very interesting prospect that I think a lot of people could learn from, right? At least I thought it was. And now you have shit like this, right? Shit like what's been happening with the game, and now you have virtual reality. And I'm kind of glad virtual reality didn't suck ass like their Virtual Boy, because, I hey, hey, listen, okay, I will give Virtual Boy some credit. It did try. Admittably, it tried to do something new, and while it fucking failed completely at it, right... The moment that they fucking do that is the moment that they're gonna be like, oh, hey, that's a good idea, guys. Let's, uh, let's just completely, uh, try to poison our market. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yep, yep, cock. Like, no, that's not gonna work, dude. Like, what were these Joes thinking? Like, I know they're from China and shit, but what the fuck? Like, we're not, like, back then we weren't so fucking like, Whoa, red and black flashy lights! 
What? No, they weren't like that back in the day. Like, probably the retards were. Probably, you know, the little special eds kids. They probably liked that shit. But us people that actually have brain cells and uh, have fucking, instead of autism, we have fucking, like, flashing light syndrome or whatever the fuck that's called. Um, seizures? Uh-uh. Nessay. Nessay. That, that's a bad idea. Now, sorry. Sorry. I got a little rant there. I'm like the angry video game nerd when it comes to the Virtual Boy. It's a piece of garbage. Had some decent games, admittedly. I mean, there was a Starship one that was pretty aight. But nothing too special. Uh, it was really bad determining distance. And the boxing one was a bit... I think the only reason why you would get it is because of the boxing game. The boxing game? Hey. Hey, fellas. The boxing game was pretty lit, though. I mean, the boxing game was pretty lit, though. That boxing game? Oh, that boxing game. Oh, that boxing? Oh, that boxing game. That boxing game? Oh, that boxing game. I'm just saying, man. That boxing game? Oh, brother. Oh, boys. Sorry, I, 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 like, admittedly, that was, like, the only good game on it. But, hey. At least. At least. It wasn't as bad. As the Atari 64. Oh, that... That fucking thing, boys. Oh! I could go on and on about that shit, right? But no. Enough about that. We need to focus on the very important factor. We need to move past the virtual boy. We need to not destroy my fucking desk. Uh, again. And we just need... To just... Calm down... Protect and all other stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Let's just keep on going, my boy. Let's do this. Hold on. Wait, uh, let's see. Let me, I need to get the memo. So, hold on. I, it should be around here somewhere. That's not it. That's my flask. Um, hmm, let's see. Let's see here. Um,. Da ba da 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 ba da da ba da da da. Uh, let's see here, and then this, and then grab this, and then what do we got here? And then let's see, we got the okay, okay. Sorry guys, I had to grab, I had to grab a sheet, a little flask here. It's a very beautiful small boy, and uh, yeah, let's just continue. So moving on from the from the. I don't even want to fucking say its name anymore, so I'm not going to. Um, that We'll call it the Red Devil. So after the Red Devil, there was an interesting lineup in the Nintendo industry. Now, don't get me wrong. Sega did do some pretty good shit. You know, the Sega Saturn, the Sega CD. Although there was a fucking good note. So fucking bad. Uh, uh, you know, Sonic Zero Racing and Wimini Buzz, anyone? But, uh, yeah, sorry uh, to speak like fucking bad man there. Because let's be fucking fair here. No one played that shit. We then now move on to your boys over at Nintendo. Because there was a game system. A game system that I think a lot of us kids remember. A lot of kids that were born in like 2000, 2007. Oh, y'all know what game system I'm talking about. Not the GameCube. That was a good system too. I'm talking about the Nintendo 64. Now, I know what y'all are thinking. The Fuck is a Nintendo 64? Well, good question, little Johnny that doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Allow me to introduce you into the next segment almost as seamlessly as my pitch during this fucking podcast. Aha, uh -huh, very funny. Let's talk in a more serious tone. 
Alright, so the Nintendo 64 was a very interesting concept, a very interesting console, but it wasn't the first one to ever do this. Atari and even Sega actually attempted to do this kind of shit way before Nintendo did. I mean, again, there was the Atari system, the Atari 32 and 64X. That was kind of impressive, but not really. I mean, it was kind of bad at times. And then there was, like, uh, that w the town with no name, that system that had that. Don't know what it's called. I'm glad I don't remember. But then you had, you know, games, like, you had consoles for Nintendo. I mean, Nintendo didn't have a 64. What were they going to do? Right? They didn't have a Nintendo 64. They didn't have any of that shit. They were losing money. So you know what they did? They made a Nintendo 64. Now. You probably know Nintendo 64 from four, if not five, games. 007 GoldenEye. Super Mario Kart. Mario Kart 64. Super Mario 64, sorry. Um, Rampage. Town of Rampage. And Mo fucking Glovey. Mo fucking Glovey. If y'all know what that Glovey is, A. Heads up to you, brother. Heads up, man. Because that game was good. So, enough about reminiscing on your games. Let's talk about the Nintendo 64 for a bit while I drink myself to sleep and lose my fucking voice. Because uh, I was screaming at the thing that existed back then. So, the Nintendo 64 was definitely a step up from the SNES, the Game Boy, even the Game Boy Advance SP. It was a step up from that as well, which, which is kind of surprising because... Here, Nintendo was mainly known for their little pixel games and Mario's and shit. Now you got fucking Duke Nukem, Doom 3D, fucking Duke Nukem 3D. You guys, Super Mario 64? What the fuck? This is an 8-bit. This is 64-bit. What the fuck? I know, right? And I, just, I cut myself off there for Kamita. Anyway, let me just uh, record over that real quick. The point of 64-bit... And why it was so revolutionary was because before then, we had 32X, which, no, was not Polygon. It was very close to Polygon. It was, you know, it was like half a Polygon. But it wasn't exactly shapes and shit. Now, if you don't know what a bit is, a bit is basically a singular pixel, right? So, Atari was pretty much 1, 2, 3 bit, right? It was very, it was 1 bit, it was very simplistic graphics, very, you know, non-existent graphics even. Then, right, we move over to 8-bit graphics. So, 8-bit graphics were, you know, the standard norm for games back in the day, right? You got your Super Mario Brothers, your fucking, um... Your Super Mario Brothers, your, your Pac-Man, you know, basic NES to Sega original console Sega games. Then came 16-bit. Better details, better color palettes, much crisper visuals, um, more, you know, liberties for RPGs and stuff, like Final Fantasy. A lot of Final Fantasy games were 8 and 16-bit. Of course, before Final Fantasy 7, that bitch was on the, on the PlayStation. I still nut every time I think about that beautiful game. Thank God I got a remake, I was fucking wondering, right? But the point of the matter is, right? Is that in getting that, in understanding this, a lot of things had to be done. A lot of things had to be desired 
and a lot of changes had to be made to make sure that it would succeed even further. So then you had shit like 32-bit. Now, 32-bit wasn't really all that impressive. All it was was 16-bit times 2. So, yeah, there was even better visuals and even crisper, you know, awesome animations and some really good games were made from 32-bit, but it wasn't 3D. It wasn't polygonistic. It wasn't new. Like, it was new, but it wasn't super new. You know what I'm saying? It was just, you know, different and... Amazing, but it just wasn't the same. Then out comes 64 bits. Basic rendering of polygons and shapes and shit. Oh, baby. Nintendo 64, when that came out, it sold like hotcakes, dude. 23, 25 million products sold in like the first couple years. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. Nah, no debate. It sold like fucking hotcakes, homie. The reason why is, dude, 64 bits, really good games. Like, yeah, the controllers were fucking garbage, but like, it looked fucking retarded, but it was so good, though. Like, it was pretty lit. Also, by the way, if you want me to change voices, please leave that in the comments down below. Uh, or don't watch this at all, because it's not my fancy voice. Oh, yes, I remember the day I, uh, I raped a lot. Point of the matter is, point of the matter is, right? It's just like, it was just so much better, it was just so much amazing, it was just so grand and luxurious and just, oh baby. And also with 64-bit, you also had bigger storage, right? So you could do more songs, you could have more content in the game, you could have unlocks and achievements, well not achievements, but you could have like unlocks for doing stuff, like Super Smash Brothers, right? If you did certain challenges, you would get, like, character unlocks that you have to look up on Nintendo Power. Because Google wasn't a thing. Well, Google was a thing. But I imagine they didn't have that shit back in the day to, like, type in the shit. So, like, yeah. Right? Or, like, 007 with the, like, modes and shit. Like, head mode, gun mode, all that shit. DK mode, sorry. Like, yo... So, in knowing all of this, all I'm going to say about the Nintendo 64 is it definitely left a legacy. It left a lot of people's dicks rock hard, some half-chub and semi-chub even, but most of the cocks were satisfied. Pussies were wet. Hours of gaming happened, and a lot of shit went down. I'm going to conclude this segment now and run yet another advert, which this one is from Sugar Bomb Incorporated. So... Take it away, uh, Jeffrey or Jamie or whatever the fuck your name is. I don't, I don't really remember. Anyway, take it away, man. Hi there. I'm the radio announcer from Galaxy News Radio, coming in with yet another lovely advertisement from Sugar Bomb Incorporated. So let's get started, shall we? Let's say that you're a small child, eight or nine, and you're at your dinner table. You're ready to have some breakfast before you go to school and learn those numbers, dodge Dennis the bully, and make looks at Martha, your lovely crush at school. But you're very hungry and you need some very good nutrition. All you have is muffins and bran flakes and all that healthy stuff, but you don't have anything exciting, different. You want something new, you want something creative, you want something enthralling. Well, don't worry, Davis. 
the high schooler, I have a cereal for you and everyone else. Introducing Sugar Bomb Ultra Cereal. This is much better than the original brand, of course, of Sugar Bomb Cereal because now it contains 20% more sugar, 50% more grain per cereal content value, and a 30% reduction on any sort of preservatives and or natural flavorings. Now, this may not sound a lot like to you, to everyone else, but that's a really good deal. Not only that, but you now also get a very delicious aftertaste in your milk. Not only giving you a very sweet delete and delight, but also giving you a very nutritious, very delicious cereal product to keep you going through the day. So why wait? Go into your nearest Super Duper Mart and buy yourself some Sugar Bombs Ultra brand product cereal. Order within the next seven days of this podcast and you might have a chance to win a lovely cruise for a family of four into the Alaskan winter. So why wait? Go on and buy it. And this will now this conclude the segment of our advertisement. Thank you once again, Sugar Bomb Incorporated, for sponsoring this podcast. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming, lovely Jensen lads and everyone else. Ah, thank you again, Jeffrey, for that lovely advert. If you want to support the boys over at Sugar Bomb Incorporated, please do not hesitate to again go to your Super Duper Mart and enjoy those quality products. Uh, the flavor I got is Super Duper Chocolate Badanka, Bingo Bongo Bongo Mongo, and Vanilliasness Chocolate Vanilla Split, or whatever the hell they call that last one. I never could pronounce that name. Anyway, off topic. You already seen enough adverts, so let's get on with my closing remarks. And just one final topic before we end part two of the 8-bit era of retro gaming. And just how much it changed the genre, if you will. Now it's not really 8-bit gaming, now it's more, you know, 3D. So... Again, 3D gaming, like, that was a big change, right? I mean, think about it. Big change in the sense, like, it wasn't just, like, pixels on a screen and shit. No, now it was, like, first-person shooters, like, Spider-Man. Yo, Spider-Man game. You had a fucking fighting game. Like, dude, all on the Nintendo 64. Like, the graphics were better, the sound quality was better, the gra- the fucking graphic hit, like, detection shit was better. Everything was just better. And not a lot of people respected that. I mean, a lot of people will be like, oh no, dude, the NES is like the best Nintendo console. I beg to differ for a multitude of reasons. The first, of course, being the Nintendo 64 was just better. I mean, the game selection was better, if a bit more limited than the NES. Um, but it's still like really quality games like Smash Bros and uh, Mario 64 and GoldenEye. It introduced a lot more genres into the game. It 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 didn't really have to be as family friendly as fucking NES, where there was nothing but Doc Hunt and like Mario Brothers. Now you got fucking Doom and Duke Nukem and fucking James Bond with his Walter PPK going pew 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 and shit. Nah. That, that was another reason why it's so, it was so successful and why a lot of people should be talking about it. Bro, it had Wolfenstein as well. It had Duke Nukem. It had Doom. Bro, it had a lot more mature games with a lot more teen and mature themes. Fucking Crash Bandicoot was Team 15, wasn't it? Uh, no. It wasn't Team 15. What? But, but, that, but that's not what Rule 34 said. What? Wait, whatever, I don't even care. Look, point is... That's another reason why it was so successful, was just the vast library of games and the potential that they all had, right? 
I mean, come on. Come on. GoldenEye, Spider-Man, like, come on. That shit was good, right? And then the third thing, to close off with that before doing my closing remarks and shit, it was just the loveliness and the power of, like, quality games and, like, interesting ideas, right? Because it was all in 3D, it was so beautiful, the music and all. But I guess what I'm trying to say is just it was from Nintendo. It was the aesthetic. They were still the king of gaming by making the 64 and by letting it out. In fact, I actually own a Nintendo 64 with a lot of the classic games like uh, Duke Nukem and Doom 64 and Mario 64. I have all these games. Uh, Mario Super Mario 64. Not, and I also have Mario Kart 64. If you want to 1v1 me on Rainbow Road, you will not survive, homie. I know the strats. I know the shortcuts. I know the chain chop. Alright, I know all that shit. But I guess what I'm trying to say for this part 2, and I might do a part 3 talking about like Xbox and Wii and like PlayStation and shit. Um, before we end this lovely podcast, I also just want to say just a few more things and then we'll we'll close it out. I know it's a shorter than usual podcast, but you know, it's a groggy day, it's a Friday, you know, you don't want to listen to me talk for too long, right? You want to get back to your video games, your esports, your Valorant, which is an alright game. I mean, it's not, it's not like super amazing. Like, it's a good game, but it's not like amazing, right? It's really good, though. It's a pretty fun game. There are some issues with it, but I think it's a pretty fun game overall. Point of the matter is, um, the things I want to talk about today are just... You know, just want to say, you know, thank you for watching the podcast. Y'all have a good day. Um, if you want to keep supporting me, just keep watching me. Uh, it'll be all like that in the outro. Um, I want to say real quick a little uh, a little piece of information that will probably stick with a lot of people and a lot of nostalgic fans like myself out there. And I'll, I'll say it in my most fancy voice I can just by my voice being shot from again, screaming at the virtual boy. I'll give it a shot. Throughout history, we have all obtained a rather interesting obtainability of video games and software that is, well, the video game. Over a span of around 40 years, we have come up with such interesting games, and especially back in the 80s. Uh, you had the Odyssey, you had um, arcade titles, you had arcades, you had the Nintendo Entertainment System, you had a lot of games and a lot of potential to go with these games. But, but the most interesting part of it was that in only a span of 20 years, we were able to make 3D games. The Nintendo 64, for instance. It really only took us 20-ish years or so to create such wonderful masterpieces in history and culture and just a wondrous amount of fun. I suppose what I'm trying to say is this. No matter how you slice it, whether you hate video games, love them, dislike them, like them, don't really give a damn about them, in a, in a, in a neutral way, of course. It doesn't really matter if, if you're a news or a grandparent, a child, or a mere infant playing Animal Crossing. You have to admit that to an extent, video games have shaped history, and the video game industry is an industry made after it, there's multiple titles, and it allowed for the continuation of video games to progress and expand, like FPSs, RPGs, and, and even the wondrous thing of virtual reality. 
This was all due to a couple of companies that survived the gaming crash of the 1980s, Nintendo and Sega, rising from the ashes, and creating a wondrous idea that not a lot of people could understand, an idea that so many individuals could just fail to comprehend. And the idea was just how to make a very wondrous and rememberable video game. And that, my lovely viewers and audience, boys, girls, children, and women of all ages, you get the idea. That is why video games will always be a part of history in the human culture that we are now living in. Without video games, we wouldn't have magazines, we wouldn't have, uh, we wouldn't have virtual reality, we wouldn't have any of these fun things without video games. And so that's all I wanted to say for this podcast. Thank you all once again for watching. And uh, that concludes my segment of the Galaxy News Radio. And I hope to see you all for yet another installment on this lovely podcast. Good day, everyone. Take it away, Jeffrey. My segment has been finished. Time to head on out. Another lovely day indeed. I'm the radio announcer from Galaxy News Radio. Uh, the lovely man that you see pronouncing from the Devon Rose Show Abode podcast. See, I'm telling you all this and I'm talking with you because we really do need your support here on the radio. Mr. Rowe is definitely trying his hardest to make it out on the big world industry and we would definitely like it if we got a little more viewership, if you will. So here's what we suggest. You're probably wondering, what was what were you be suggesting, kind sir? Well, I'll have to get right into it, sir. All you have to do is watch our podcasts, leave recommendations, comments, and or suggestions in our little comic section for possible overviews and Q&As before and after the show has concluded its segment. And to, in order to do that, of course, you would have to watch the show. <laughs> so what are you waiting for? If you want to support the show and you want to see it thrive, please do not hesitate to watch the newest episodes of the Devil Rose Show Abode podcast and support our advertisers for sponsoring our Galaxy News Radio section on the Devil Rose Show Abode podcast. Without stuttering more like a fucking animal, thank you for watching this installation, and we hope to see you hopefully next next week. Good day, everyone. Say travels! <laughs>